professional football players. It's a kind of a running joke I have that I think if you make it to the professional level of the NFL as a, a, a white man, a football player, you tend to go into this world where you start looking like a truck driver. And mm-hmm. if you like, you can start seeing it in some of the the college kids. You're like, that guy looks a bit like a truck driver. I mean, Ben Cleveland. I I, I actually know for, <laughs> if Ben Cleveland was not a football player right now, he would be working construction and driving trucks. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a fact. That's not a joke. They just have a truck driver look about him. Welcome to Chapel Bell Curve, a stats-focused podcast about UGA football. I'm Nathan. And I'm Justin. And today, we are going to make an episode for you, so I don't even really feel like I need to tell you what's going to be in it, because look, you got one. There it is. Uh, no, but seriously, we're going to be talking about what's happening in during the spring. And then... I think the music probably would have already happened, but we can put it here, too. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Anyway... <laughs> Okay, so... Um, it's been a while. It has been a long time. And in that time, I have been living in the woods, chopping wood, mainly. I have a very well-developed upper body now. Um, but I haven't really gotten a lot accomplished other than chopping a lot of real, non-metaphorical wood. Actual wood. Actual real-life wood. Real-life wood that he of, found in the woods. Yeah, yeah. Yards yards upon yards upon yards of wood. Um, I'm not even sure what a podcast is anymore. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know at all. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about the what's going on in spring practice, what's going on, uh, you know, with just UGA football in general, and then we're going to talk a little bit about recruiting. We're going to talk about some non-football stuff. So if you're one of those people that only likes football, I guess you know we can tell you a part to skip. But like, I don't really get that. I mean, whatever. I mean, content is content right now when we're in the off season. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna get what you get from us, and you're gonna like it. But just for your own sake, the first half's about football. Yeah, yeah, and I think the majority of what we talk about today will be about football, but regardless, we'll tell you a point to skip to at some point, um, because, you know, you should listen to what happens at the very end, because we're going to talk about sort of our plan going forward, and some new things that we have in the works for Chapel Bell Curve. So, before we do that, let's talk about the 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 egg ball. Um, I don't even know how it works what? anymore. Egg ball. Well, I thought you said the egg roll. Then I started thinking about um, Kinder Eggs and... Yeah, you just went. You just things. like went sideways on that. <laughs> okay, so spring practice is in full swing. In full swing, we are uh, what two six, weeks six away? In? Yeah, six practices in three weeks. Well, yeah, two and a half weeks away from um, the G Day game. I think we should probably just start with an injury update. We've got basically three injuries going on. We've got Michael Barnett was apparently spotted during a uh, coaches. They just had the big um, coaches clinic at UGA during spring practice, mm-hmm. and apparently mm-hmm. several coaches spotted him on crutches. I've read that that is apparently not that big of a deal, that it might just be like an ankle sprain or whatever, and he should be back and fine. Samir White, of course, our uber five-star running back, um, is recovering from an ACL injury. He suffered mm-hmm. in December of his senior year during the state playoffs in, um, you know, in high school. Apparently, he is doing non-contact play polish work already and yep. can run in a straight line. So, I mean, I, That's he, a step forward. Yeah, he's always been billed as like a freak of nature, so it's good to see him act that way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think we can really count on him going forward in terms of the, you know, this season. I think we, you know, need to be thinking more about DeAndre Swift and Brian Harrion and mm-hmm. Elijah Holyfield and 
Cook's brother, James Cook. James Cook, yeah. Yeah, um, I think we need to be thinking about them. Yeah, more than we need to be thinking about Zamir White. But I do think that there's a chance that, like, you know, early October, the meat of the SEC schedule, we'll get a a five-star going. The only major sort of, like, uh, probably season-ending injury to this point has been from Devod Wilson, Mm -hmm. who was a early enrollee freshman cornerback who apparently was looking really good. He's a big range of guys, like 6'2". Um, he can run. Apparently he was really sort of like pushing for playing time at one of the spots. Um, so that's a setback. I would say, I think that it's a a setback that we can afford to have just because we're very deep at corner right now. We don't have a lot of proven depth at corner, but I think we're deep though. Yeah. Yeah. We're very deep and we, we have much experience. Yeah. We still haven't had our five-star corner, uh, enroll this year. So Tyson Campbell still hasn't enrolled and he's a five-star. Um, we have one of the corner spots locked down because Deandre Baker is back. And so, really, we're just looking for a star and the second cornerback slot. I think that Tyson Campbell will, put, will push for that. Tyreek McGee is a very athletic guy. He's a little shorter than I think Kirby would prefer, but I think he, he also has a very good chance to be the second cornerback. So, it's not it's something that is a little disappointing just because you would have loved to see Wilson develop, but it's, I think, survivable. Mm-hmm. He'll be back. Just most likely not any point this season, to be honest. Yeah. It's going to be a long, long time yeah. before he's, he's back in. Yeah, so... But hey, we've got four other cornerbacks coming through. Yeah, we do. Plenty of kids who, you know, want to be catching the ball but won't necessarily be on the offense. And Maybe looks, some wide receivers moving into that role. Well, stuff. yeah, it looks like Mark... I was about to say, Mark Webb um, has switched to cornerback and is apparently, like, killing it. And he's, like, 6'3", so... I like that. <laughs> Let's just put the tallest people back there. Yeah. Because they're just more intimidating, really. Yeah, I mean, and and, and that'll be good. That That's what you need to survive against the Alabamas of the world who just run out 6'4", 6'3", 6'5", guys. So you mm-hmm. got you to have tall guys out there. So I think we're going to be good. But how's uh, everyone else doing in terms of early enrollees? We've got nine kids that, that have yeah, already so come to spring practice. Yeah, so we've got nine early enrollees. I'll just give you sort of the notable things that I have heard. Trey Hill, early enrollee, offensive guard. He was a four-star. He went to Warner Robins. He was actually the left tackle for Jake Fromm. Mm-hmm. Um, he is apparently pushing for playing time currently. He, I heard that you know he um, has been getting reps with the ones, not as, not running at one, but just getting a lot of reps at ones. And he's a guy who he's six three and a half, three forty six. He cut about thirty pounds off of his playing weight from um, from high school. I think he's about three twenty right now. So he is the kind of dude who was always known to be like good technician, great offensive lineman, but sort of like fat upper body, mm-hmm. like giant oak like legs, but just like sort of doughy in the upper body. And he's apparently cut a lot of that down. So he's a guy who, if he kind of puts it together, he could immediately be, I mean, he could be a plug and play guard. We'll see. I mean, we haven't even got Jamari Sawyer on, on campus yet. And he's, you know, apparently one of the best guard prospects in the last 30 years. So We'll see how that works out, but it's good to see uh, Hill pushing. And I think just in general, like that, probably the offensive line is the best position. It's the best position group in the team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Cade Mays is another offensive tackle who apparently looks really good. He's been running at the at right tackle with the twos, um, which is really really good for a freshman and an early enrollee. Britton Cox is an outside linebacker who I've heard a lot of good things about. Who just looks like he's the next Leonard Floyd. He wears eighty four. And is apparently like incredibly athletic, runs a lot, just could be the next, could be kind of your your next Lorenzo Carter. Um, it, it's looking very early, like he's going to be playing very quickly. I my my understanding is that Devontae Wyatt, who committed to UJ last year, uh, didn't qualify academically and went to Hutchinson Community College in Kansas. 
Um, my understanding is that he has really improved, that he kind of had a reputation as a guy who was really strong, really physical, but just wasn't much of like a football player, not, not much of a technician. And my understanding is that his time in community college has really helped with that and that he already looks – I mean, he's been practicing with the team since December, actually. Mm-hmm. It looks like that he's going to be a guy who just is going to be steady and there and providing depth at the defensive line from day one, which is very good news. Of course, I'm sort of avoiding uh, the, the big one. The big one, right? So last <laughs> one, uh, everyone who's probably asking about is yeah. um, Justin Fields. So reports on him are that Justin Fields is the real deal and that he's a freak of nature and that just the throws that he makes are just out of this world and he can just like drop a ball 60 yards on a dime uh-huh. and not look like he's trying. There were some reports. I think Dog Nation Daily had a report the other day that, uh, you know, he looks like he's hit a ball. I'm interpreting that to mean that he's having problems making decisions. Just generally speaking, I think what that means when coaches say that is that for a cornerback or for a quarterback, the most important part of, you know, learning the system is learning the playbook and learning to make decisions and reads from the line before, before the snap and at the snap. And so I think if Kirby's saying that he's hit a wall, he's probably hit a wall installation wise Mm -hmm. and they're not seeing him make the correct reads and decisions based on what the defense is giving him. But that's sort of to be expected. And, and yeah. my, ex, my expectation is that we will see a Justin Fields package this year regardless. Yeah, I mean, put it in perspective. It's six weeks into spring practice, and he had just started college. He yeah. is learning a national contender's playbook. He yeah. is trying to keep up with players who have been playing for years now. And people are saying, oh, he's hitting a wall. And I, I get that. I know that was Kirby Smart that said it. But I think a lot of people are taking it out of context. And I would, yeah, I wouldn't interpret it to mean. I wouldn't interpret it to mean that he's not living up to expectations. No, he's going to be just fine. You know, and what's crazy is anytime I think about depth, I have only one or two depth concerns for this team. But anytime I think about depth at most places, you just think about the guys that are coming in that we haven't even talked about yet. Mm-hmm. Channing Tyndall, who is probably the best bet to be the next Roquan Smith. Tommy Bush, who looks like he could be our replacement for Javon Wims. You've got two really good tight ends, John Fitzpatrick and Luke Ford. You've got two pretty good defensive tackles, Tramel Wathor and uh, Jordan Davis. You've got probably the best punter in the nation um, mm-hmm. in Jake Camarda. You know, I mean, you've got James Cook. You've got Quay Walker, a dude, a four-star outside linebacker who everyone has been freaking out because we pulled him from Auburn. And then you've got two, three, five stars, right? Jamari Sawyer, Tyson Campbell, Adam Anderson all still have to come in. Adam Anderson from Rome, who was the number one overall outside linebacker in the class, but really hasn't gotten a lot of attention because he committed early and didn't decommit. So, I mean, I I really think that it's going to be interesting to see how many of these freshmen challenge for playing time? Because I mm-hmm. think that at least the three five stars are definitely going to try to play. Who are you most excited about? Uh, who's coming in? Yeah. Probably Tyson Campbell. I think he's the one who's the most important. Yeah. Who we need to see. He, Tyson Campbell needs to push for playing time, either at the star or yeah, as one of the backup cornerbacks at the very least. Um, because I think he's kind of the key. I'm really excited about Jamari Sawyer. Oh God! Yeah, he's dude. such a just a big man. Six four, <laughs> six four, three forty two, and not fat. No, I mean, that's he's just a, really hard to do. A brick wall of of person. Mm-hmm. He's huge, and then I'm really excited about uh, Adam Anderson too. Just being um, just in that that slot uh, as an outside linebacker. Just mm-hmm. it'll be a lot of fun to see what he'll do. Um, uh, well, yeah, I'm excited about him just because like no one's talking about him because yeah, exactly. he, recru- he he committed so early, and I don't think people really think about him very much. Mm-hmm. All right, so. Let's see what what let's talk about what we think about the roster to this point. What what are we thinking about? You know, we're not making a prediction. We're not talking about the season as a whole. We're not looking at schedules yet. Let's just talk about like what does this roster look like? Where where are we strong? Where are we weak? You know, mm-hmm. who needs to step up? 
Um, I think obviously our, our offense is coming back still plenty strong. I think our running backs took a big hit, of course, and I think that it's not going to be Michelle and Chubb strong, but it'll be uh, plenty strong. Um, and then I think our wide receivers this year will be more notable than our throwing game, I think, will be more notable than our running game, surprisingly. I think our running game will be there to extend it and make, you know, big uh, passing plays, but Jake Fromm's got another year under him and a national championship, so we'll see. And our offensive line just keeps getting bigger, a lot of returning players yeah. as well. I think I think the offensive line is going to be. I think the strength of the team is the offensive line. Um, yeah. I think that we'll be good at quarterback. I think we'll be good at running back. I think we'll be passable at wide receiver. I think we'll be very deep at tight end. Um, I'm worried about defensive line and inside linebacker. That's yeah. basically where my worry is right <clears throat> now. Um, I think that we need to see a couple of the. We need to see some inside linebackers step up either freshman or sophomore, seeing Nate McBride, seeing um, Monty Rice take a step forward would be very, very good for the ceiling of this team. Um, this is sort of giving away what I think about next season, but I think the floor for this team is actually pretty high. Um, so I think, you know, like the average result for this year coming forward is going to be pretty high. So the question, I think the difference between our floor and our ceiling is going to be the development of first and second year players. Like, what are we going to get out of Nate McBride? What are we going to get out of Channing Tindall? What are we going to get out of... Tyson Campbell, all mm-hmm. those guys. Um, I'm not really that worried about offensive line or really anything on the offense. I'm, I'm more worried about basically all three levels of the defense. I think yeah. this defense next year is going to be ultra talented, but we'll have to just see. I mean, we're very thin at safety right now. You know, you got Richard LeCount is coming back. You've got J.R. Reed coming back and not much behind that. And I that's something J.R. Reed was coming back. Yeah, that's something that even Kirby has talked about is that, you know, very thin at very, very thin at safety. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see, you know, we don't have D'Angelo Gibbs to my knowledge right now. So that'll help if when if and when he comes back. But, you know, we're going to need somebody that Nadab Joseph is another cornerback coming in that could possibly play safety. We're going to need him to step back up. Nate McBride does look like a doofus. <laughs> he looks like a professional wrestler. Nate McBride looks like he belongs in spandex yelling at The Undertaker about something. Nate McBride looks like every wrestler, like Greco-Roman wrestler that I teach in high school. (laughs) Just a composite. Yeah, no, I like if (laughs) you just took took all of them and shoved them together, that's what it would, Nate McBride would come out. We took all 42 Commerce County High School wrestlers. And like, it's Commerce City, but, um, and and like. I'm sorry, Commerce City. But no, but like his, his face is like that, but then his hair, like that's almost like a wrestling thing to have like long hair like that. Even though it makes no sense, and you're gonna put it under a cap anyway, yeah. it's like it's like a, a point of pride somehow. I don't I don't know. It's gross. That's my own opinion. That only matters if I had long hair because you know what you do you. You know, I was thinking. Oh, one other thing we missed on the injury front was that Sam Madden, who was a junior uh, offensive lineman, has stepped away from football. Oh. He, yeah, there are some thoughts that this is possibly or redshirt junior. There's a lot of thoughts that this has a, has a lot to do with um, with injuries. He was a guy who had sort of played. He had played a little bit. He played off and on. He'd taken a red shirt. And I, you know, I think part of this has to do with the fact that he just wasn't getting a lot of playing time. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he had had a lot of concussions. He'd had a lot of injury problems. And you know, it's he. he they said that he's retired from football, but his status with the team is still, you know, he's still on the team. Yeah, yeah, is unknown. He's not driver enough for me. Yeah, that, he looks too photogenic. Yeah. Oh, well. Let's move on. What about G-Day? So what, are you, what is your role in G-Day this year? What do you got going on? Um, just the normal Redcoat stuff. We'll be doing the last round of drum major auditions. Um, 
it's a really grueling day for the Redcoats. Not for me personally. I I just get up early. <laughs> but uh, I, it gets hot and they play a lot. And what happens is basically we've narrowed it down to, what, six candidates? Mm-hmm. Um, and all six of them will have a certain amount of time to rehearse the band before, during a practice. And then they'll have a certain amount of time in front of the band during the game. Gotcha. Um, the problem is they only ask the six of them to prepare like a very narrow set of pieces. So the band ends up playing the same like 10 things over and over and over again and hates it. <laughs> um, so basically what I'll be doing is just like watching the drum majors, um, giving them sort of like feedback or whatever. And then, you know, that'll basically be it. Uh, it's nice because the parking situation is really good because you can just park wherever. Although I do understand today that we will be doing, or this year they'll be doing something new where they have like tickets basically or wristbands. Hmm. Like they're going to give, passes out you have to go to the gate nearest the section that you want to sit in okay. and then they're going to give you a wristband or a pass and then you can sit anywhere in that section you just have to be in that section so it's not going to be totally um first come first serve anymore that's interesting and mm-hmm. a shame i don't have any i haven't seen anything about anything happening with like ludicrous or, yeah I mean, or any I'm other sure performers coming appearances something will be, happen yeah it's going to be a really big recruiting weekend i know uh-huh. that um, so I'm sure that there'll be some kind of appearance from somebody uh, on the sidelines at the very least. But mm-hmm. my understanding is that they're trying to get like a, sol- a sold out house again this year. So yeah. Yeah. they're not calling it 93K day, but they are they are pushing to get as they're many people in there as, yeah, as possible. There, I think there's less seats now in the stadium because of that great yeah, yeah. Old new uh, and, Jumbotron. Or yeah, something. we're also going to see the new Jumbotron, which is uh-huh. going to be kind of exciting. Yeah, I mean, are you going to go? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Um, Anna will not be making it, but I'm going to see what's going on, and um, I'll definitely be there for sure. Um, so what do we want to see? I mean, like, uh, you know, on the field, what what are you looking forward to in the GTA game? Do you think we'll see – so I, I imagine we'll probably see um, Jake Fromm and Stetson Bennett as the quarterbacks for the red and black teams. But do you think Justin Fields will be one of those quarterbacks? Or there's Actually, no, way no I, think, I think Justin Fields is running with the two. I think it'll be Fromm so. and Fields, yeah. Okay. So that, that's obviously like um, going to be... I know he's, the, he's in the QB2 slot right now. Yeah. So I, the thing I'm most interested about is like, what does the... How does the the first team defense look against the first team offense, you know? Um, and not just like, are they a shutdown defense yet? I mean, just like, are they in the right place? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. do you see cornerbacks, uh, are they flipping coverage? Yeah. Are they confused in coverage or <laughs> is the inside linebacker lining people up correctly? You know, all that stuff. I, I, I want to see sort of operationally how the defense looks just from a, like sort of eye test standpoint. Um, I'm a little bit excited to see who emerges as a wide receiver on the first mm-hmm. team. You know, are we going to see, I mean, there's a lot of guys in that room. There's there's Trey Blunt. There's, there's a lot. Um, there's what JJ or there's the what's his name? Akil Crumpton apparently has been making noise this spring. Who is sort of our um, Isaiah McKenzie replacement? Mm-hmm. There's um, JJ Holloman. There's a bunch of dudes who could definitely take a step up. So I'm interested to see who tries to. I mean, and this is you know Tommy Bush hasn't even gotten onto campus yet, so. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see who's running with the ones coming into G Day, and then what that looks like on the first game against Austin P. Mm-hmm. Who's our number one wide receiver right now? Is it? I know Riley Ridley. Riley, uh, I mean, it's it's probably still got Terry Godwin, Riley Ridley, yeah, Ter- Terry Godwin, McCole Hardman, and Riley Ridley will probably be the first three. Mm-hmm. But so it'll be interesting to see if there if anybody else steps up. You know, yeah. do you have a JJ Hallman? Do you have a Trey Blunt? Do you have a um, uh, Tyler Simmons? You know, wh- what What do those guys look like? Do they get playing time? Do they just play with the twos? They rotate to the ones, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
We've got some fresh redshirt sophomores too, which is yeah. interesting. I'm also I'm also interested to see what our secondary looks like. You feel like Richard LeCount, J.R. Reed are probably going to be the first two safeties. Mm-hmm. You'll probably see Tyreek McGee and um, D'Angelo Gibbs will probably not be back with the team at this point. He DeAndre Baker. It'll probably be DeAndre Baker and Tyreek McGee at the first two spots, and then uh, LeCount and J.R. Reed in the safeties position. Mm-hmm. But I don't know who's going to be playing the star. It sounds like that they've gotten some outside linebackers working the stars. So it's going to be interesting to see how that looks. And then you know, um, D'Angelo yep. Gibbs has been away from the team for medical reasons. Um, Question mark. There's a bunch of rumors about what that specifically means. I can't speak to it because I honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. I will say, and I'm not saying this is the case in this instance, but you know, sometimes that means like has had a run in with drugs or drinking mm-hmm. in a very negative way. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that's academic means, reasons, maybe. Well, I think I think it was confirmed that it was medical reasons. So okay. I, I mean, it could be that like he had a non-football injury that nobody wants to talk about, or that he has like a legitimate medical condition that doesn't you know, want they, to talk about it yet. Well, or you know, just they can't HIPAA and FERPA mean that they can't reveal everything. So, mm-hmm. um, my understanding was that he was having grade problems as well. So I think that him, both he and Natrez Patrick, are sort of in a similar boat where they're um, still with the team. They're working to do what they need to do to come back. Um, Natrid's Patrick seems to be a lot closer to coming back. I know D'Angelo Gibbs also had an injury. So, um, I think there's a bunch of different, uh, you know, issues affecting his performance with the team. We need him. We, we need another safety. He, he could be a very, very good safety. So we'll see. So let's get into some recruiting stuff. We've talked a lot about who's coming onto the team, our early enrollees and who can we can expect in, uh, you know, regular summer training and everything and who we'll, we'll probably be looking at when uh, the season actually starts. But what's going on in the world of 2019? <laughs> okay, so we've basically got three commitments that are highlighting the class right now. Um, Nolan Smith is the number one overall, I think he's the number two overall player, and he's the number one overall outside linebacker or defensive mm-hmm. end. He's a freak of nature. His um, He went to the opening last weekend, two weekends ago, and, and it was like 36 degrees outside, and he did what was called spark testing. Mm-hmm. Spark testing is this thing that Nike does where you take a bunch of different measurements and you aggregate them into like how good of an athlete you are. And his spark number was better than any number in the 2018 class. Jeez. It was in the 99th percentile for all football players, including NFL prospects. Some of his like shuffle comb times and like just how fast he can run in space uh, it was 36 degrees out, and he ran a 3.6, and he is 260, 260 pounds, and 6.3. Um, he is an incredible player. He's a very, very exciting player. Um, then you have two wide receivers, the number one and number two overall wide receiver, Jason Jaden Hazelwood and Dominic Blaylock. Mm-hmm. Both of them are committed. Jaden Hazelwood, I think, is of the two, is less committed. He has he's he's taking visits but everyone who i've heard thinks he's still going to uga and that he's just the kind of guy who is going to take visits mm-hmm. um yeah, why wouldn't you yeah sounds like a great time yeah <laughs> so uh oh nolan smith the other thing about him is he actually decommitted from georgia as a uh april, april fool's, fool's prank <laughs> and like i bought it for like uh like two days and was basically mm-hmm. super depressed about it until i figured out that it was a joke um but yeah those three are kind of the core of our class right now um there's a couple of big signing days coming up uh first among them probably being owen popo who is signing on uh cinco de mayo he owen popo is like he is the next roquan smith channing tindall they're they're a bunch of guys who are kind of vying for that but owen Owen popo is a five-star um he's he's rated as an outside linebacker but he is a five-star who can play inside linebacker for my own high school alma mater. Yeah, at Grayson. 
he will commit on the fifth. He he is an odds-on favorite to commit to UGA, but you know who knows. Um, for a long time, he looked like a Tennessee or an Alabama lean, but mm-hmm. right now, I think most crystal balls have him going to UGA, and that would be a huge get because that would get a that would give us the number one outside linebacker, the number one defensive end, and the number one wide receiver in this class. That's um, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we, we would be well on our way to another first place finish next yeah. year. Yeah, we already are actually with what is it three five star commits right now? Yeah, we're already I mean, number one, but yeah. like that would put us like well ahead. Yeah, and in terms of who's left, I would say the number one target right now for me is Trevon Walker. He's a four star defensive tackle, and he is the guy that we probably need the most. He's not as highly rated as the other three, but he is. He fills a position of need. We need a three-technique defensive tackle, and he is that guy. He's like 6'2", 340, just like a big plug-in-the-middle kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Can play nose tackle, but is probably more of your Trenton Thompson type. Real freak of nature, too. He runs really well, moves really fast, very agile. I would say that Trevon Walker is most likely going to UGA, but that's still up in the air, of course, and he doesn't have a commitment date set. Tresman Mitchell is another, or Marshall is another uh, pretty important linebacker guy, or linebacker commit. He is a pure inside linebacker, and I think would really flesh the class out very nicely. He's another four-star. Ryan Holinsky is a four-star dropback passer. I think he's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be interesting to watch whether we take a pro-style passer or a uh, dual threat this year. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard that we are maybe looking at some dual threat guys, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know sort of how serious that is. It's very hard to tell at this point in the recruiting process you know, what offers are committable and what offers are just sort of like, hey, yeah, if you want to come here, we'll talk about it at least. Yeah, there's you know? nothing that it doesn't mean anything right now. Yeah. That far out. I that, mean, for, whenever for, you see like articles that are like 2020 running back. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Well, it's just hard to know. Like, it, I mean, there are commitments in the 2019 and 2020 class that it's like this guy's pretty close yeah, to a short bet and, and, and we want them. But then, you know, it's just hard to know. It's just hard to know from like commit to commit how invested is the kid and how invested is the school because mm-hmm. there's even a commit there's even a kid who's an offensive lineman uh, that's committed to UGA that it looks like UGA is kind of de recruiting a little bit like he's still committed but he maybe like he's not getting as much contact from the coaching staff as he has in the past. Gotcha. So they're kind of just kind of weaning him off in mm-hmm. a way. I think we covered pretty much everything we need to on recruiting. Um, any other notes? Old Tommy Tom. Yeah, let, let's talk about Tom Green. So, so this, this is, is the part where we talk about things that aren't football. Yeah, and <laughs> listen, if you are the guy who's like, uh, I like my two-inch lift kit and football and nothing else and all those other sports <laughs> are for communists. You're not wrong. First off, shut up. <laughs> Second, I guess you should probably skip forward to the last few minutes of the episode. And at this point, I'm sure that Justin can put in like what time code you actually need to skip forward to. But um, I could. Yeah, but just skip to the last few minutes because we, we do want to talk about just sort of like where chapel Velker is going and we think it's um an important thing for anyone who is invested in this product to re- listen to so um all right tom crane so uj fired mark fox thank god um mark fox <laughs> by all accounts was a good dude it's a great guy um not a mark trick story by any means yeah he, he's a smart guy but he just he just couldn't develop well he had a lot of talent and he couldn't turn it into offensive production yeah so Mark Fox gets fired after the NC, uh, the NC, or the SEC tournament. We get an NIT invite and we turn it down. The apparently the players voted and we're just like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, we're good. Um, and so then we tried to hire a guy named Thad Mata who used to be at Ohio State and basically left Ohio State because of back issues. We Thad Mata, we went back and forth with him, and for whatever reason, he did not accept the job. We mm. offered him the job and he didn't accept it. 
there's a lot of different reports as to why that is. So I don't know for sure. Some people say, you know, well, it's because he wasn't good on the health. Some people say he was looking for a better job. To this point in the season, he has not taken another job. So I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know. DG, a head coaching basketball job is not necessarily a sexy one. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. battle as well. There so, were three other coaches that also turned it down before Tom Crean accepted. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, well, no, it, Tom Crean was the second guy that got officially off. Okay. So, but Thad Mata has not taken another job yet, mm-hmm. um, but we'll see. Um, Ole Miss got another guy, and then Pittsburgh, Pitt got another guy. So, I don't know. It's it, You know, he, he left because he had major health issues, so he might just not feel good about it. Anyway, neither corner there. So, we ended up getting Tom Crean, former coach at Indiana. Um, ha- Matt, he was Dwayne Wade's coach at Marquette. He has a pretty good overall record. Um, his current overall win record is... Give me a second. Oh, it's like 166 and 30, 135. Yeah, 166 and 135. It's a touch under Mark Fox's. But that doesn't mean much. Yeah, I mean, so he was a guy that was at Marquette. He was... You know, he had Dwayne Wade. He took Dwayne Wade to the Final Four. He gets the job at um, Indiana. By all accounts, is a pretty good guy to his players. Mm-hmm. He's definitely like a fighter. He'll fight you um he looks like a like a football coach on the sidelines is what i've read a lot yeah yeah he, he definitely he'll bark at you for YouTube. sure he um but you know he by all by all accounts good recruiter good developer of talent really good at x's and o's guys maybe has some problems like personally fighting people like you know doesn't get along with people sometimes in the university but is by all accounts a good coach to his players he's the prototypical head coach though because he looks good for the press and he's good with the coach uh the kids and he's great yeah. with the families and he builds a great family atmosphere Hey, you want to you want to know some weird trivia about him? Yes, he is married to John and Jim Harbaugh's sister. <laughs> He's married to Joni Harbaugh. I'm absolutely serious. That's incredible. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so he goes to Indiana. He's there at Indiana from 2008 to 2017. Um. He goes what like 11 and nine in appearances in the NCAA. He misses mm-hmm. the NCAA his last year, and there was a perception that his basically his he had a drop off in recruiting, and so he got let go. He, he never had a year where he only won, like, two games or something. He just sort of wasn't doing what he should have at Indiana. Yeah. Um, he took a year off last year and apparently, you know, spent a lot of time. He was a sports analyst for a little while. Yeah, I mean, he was on TV. He wasn't inactive he was, by any means. Yeah, he was on TV, but he, he, he spent the whole year, like, traveling to talk to people and just about what went wrong and how he can do better. Um, and so he got the job. We can give our reactions in a second. I guess sort of the news, the best news that you could have, like, you know, or the biggest news stories going forward right now are just like, what are his assistant coaches going to look like? My reports, the reports I've read are that he is looking at Jonas Hayes, Mm -hmm. who was a a very big deal to the last coaching staff. He was at UGA. He was an assistant coach um, who is currently recruiting with Tom Crean on the road right now. Um, he, the big deal with that would be that Jonas Hayes is apparently a very good recruiter and also knows the Atlanta AAU scene very well, which Mm -hmm. is very important to like, it's kind of the lifeblood of a basketball team, especially one that lives in the Southeast and is close to Atlanta. Um, I think sort of the holdup on his official contract is that there's some thought that he might be up for some, um, head coaching jobs. Uh, the other names I've heard, I've heard Chad Dollar, which is a great name, (laughs) um, who is an assistant coach at, usf and is like the player personnel guy at usf which is like basically the assistant head coach um he is apparently like a really good recruiter in the southeast and just looks super good just as like sort of an upper incomer both of those guys would do a very good job of filling a hole in Crean's resume which is that he just doesn't know much about 
doesn't know much about uh, southeastern recruiting. He has definitely uh, recruited well out of the southeast. He got mm-hmm. a guy. He got a four star two years ago from Atlanta, but he just doesn't have as many connections in the southeast as you know you'd you'd prefer. The other name that I've heard could possibly be a guy would be one of Florida State's assistants um, at you uh, at Florida State who had a very very good year this year and his name is give me a second uh charlton young he's also known as cy Mm -hmm. um charlton young and chad dollar are two guys that are sort of um they're both out of the villanova or um butler trees they're kind of from these like sort of power basketball trees and are basically dudes with just bang up basketball reputations who would sort of would definitely shore up the recruiting the southeast at the very least so that's exciting i don't know what what do you think about the tom green hire what do you what, what are your thoughts where are you on basketball right now uh, I'm not traditionally a huge basketball fan. I do enjoy the personalities that come with basketball because you there's a lot less players on a team and a lot less coaches on a team. And so it's less about the team and more about individual player stories, which I really like. And so that part of it's fun. And uh, with that thought in mind, Tom Crean's just kind of a very like, okay, like very, it seems like a horizontal move, almost very lateral. He's definitely more prestigious than Mark Fox, which is good. And I think that'll help our recruiting game. Yeah. Uh, but it, it just doesn't feel like anything huge. I hope that mm-hmm. he can stick around for the majority of his contract and do something good and put us in the right direction because Georgia basketball has, of course, not traditionally been very good. But yeah. kind of uh, with the football program getting better and now the baseball program getting better and, you know, if you have a couple programs getting better, you typically have... It's more appealing to recruits on any on any athletic program. And so you start mm-hmm. getting players and more students and... You know, just you, you get a huge boom in recruiting in um, both academically and athletically. So I hope that he can at least do that for us. And maybe he brings, you know, some players with him from, you know, up north, just bringing families that he already has relationships with. And right. maybe players that he's been, um, you know, working with for a long time. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see recruiting wise, too, because like Ashton Hagens was a five star guard that was committed to UGA who decommitted once Fox got fired. Mm-hmm. Looks like that he might go to Kentucky. Great. Um, yeah because that's that's what they need kentucky needs another great basketball player i mean it's fine i i, I i'm actually kind of excited about it yeah. i i care about basketball probably more than you do and i think Definitely. that he i think we have got we finally like at least took a big swing at a coach yeah. you know we we in the past have we've kind of gone the mid-major route and this is probably a pretty high variance move but i also think that there's a lot more potential for this you know for him to pan out just because he seems to have better coaching connections than Mark Fox did. Like he knew more people down here to look for assistant mm-hmm. coaches for. And also he just has a really good pedigree as like an X's and O's guys. He definitely had a couple of bad seasons at Indiana, but I think that, that was know, his he's first proven, three seasons though. Really? Yeah. He's proven that he can be successful. Um, so we'll just have to see what it looks like. I, I'm, I'm actually cautiously optimistic about it. I would say. Yeah. What um, I do like about it is, is he might have the Mark Richt effect for when, you know, Mark Richt bound in Miami and um, he had a few bad seasons with us. And then went to Miami, and he looked like old Mark Richt again. He had a new bit of life breathed into him. Yeah, yeah. We, we might. Yeah, And he, so it could be like that. We might get a better version of Tom Crean than Indiana did there at the end. Yeah. That's about all I have for basketball. I think we, you want to talk about the other spring sports. I think, you know, it's time to talk about the sports that don't usually get covered. And because there are two or three sports that are having really, really good weeks. Yeah, we've got uh, so, rather. some solid uh, baseball and softball programs right now. Yeah. Uh, Scott Strickland, our baseball coach frankly came into this year coaching for his job the baseball team has not been good um but currently you know somehow through like smoke and mirrors they've had a really good season um they're 21 and 7 they're nationally ranked by every major poll yeah 
They recently took two of three from Texas A&M, who was ranked 19th. They have series against Georgia Tech and Vanderbilt coming up. Vanderbilt is ranked. They're actually ranked one ahead of UGA right now. So <clears throat> we'll see. I mean, the SEC is very deep. Ten of the top 25 teams uh, in college baseball right now are from the SEC. Florida is number one overall right now. Mm-hmm. I will say we took two or three from Florida. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it'll be interesting to see whether this is sort of smoke and mirrors and just a hot start against bad teams or this is like a real... This is going to be a real team. Mm-hmm. It, it's getting to be to the point, you know, 20, 28 games in where it's hard to dismiss this team as just a, a flash in the pan. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, I, I have read that like, you know, if, well, not read, but if you look up their statistics, they don't really, they're not really exemplary in any one spot. They mm-hmm. just seem to have a knack for winning games. And that sometimes that's not a sustainable thing in baseball, but we'll see. Our baseball teams, it's pretty good. And, yeah. I mean, it, it's, yeah. De- it's definitely like at this point, Scott Strickland has saved his job. Yeah. And those of you that may not, follow baseball or softball or uh, these sports the the way the games work for this there are series like nathan said so each team ends up playing each other uh, a few times so you yeah. get to see different pitchers and you get to see um right. occasionally different batters because what's different about the college level as opposed to the professional level is that the the rosters are a bit deeper um and you get to see a lot more movement and um, what i like about baseball and softball is it is a, is a perceivably a lot slower than football of course but it is arguably just as complex in um to put it simply the x's and o's of the whole thing so mm-hmm. the strategy and everything um knowing well just managing the roster yeah managing the roster knowing who's going to be batting for the other team who's going to be pitching for the other team knowing what's coming up ahead and and all these different things it's it's just important to know um what games you have to win and what games you can lose because that is very important yeah and and generally speaking in college uh you know sort of the goal is to win your series which is to take two out of three over one Mm -hmm. weekend usually over three game series either thursday friday saturday or friday saturday sunday baseball team has been very good uh softball has been straight up dominant they're a top 10 ranked team in pretty much every um every poll they are 32 and 4 they have an excellent one of the best offenses in the nation actually one of the best defenses as well yeah and they just took uh two out of three from you know uh from tennessee this weekend and they actually run ruled them twice in um, in softball, it's a seven-inning game, and if in the sixth inning you have a, you're a certain number of runs up, I think it's eight to six, mm-hmm. something like that, um, they just end the game early. And so, uh, like, Sunday they, we beat them eight to nothing, and I think Saturday we beat them seven to nothing. So uh, Tennessee hasn't been run-ruled twice in a row in, like, 30 years. They're a very good softball program. So, um, I mean, I would encourage you, if you have not and you are around Athens, to go to a softball game or a baseball game. They are both free for everybody. They're and awesome. they're a really good time. They're a really good family fu- uh, affair. The The boiled peanuts tend to be pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah, and it's right there. I, I love that the baseball field's right around the corner from my house. And kind of so is the softball field, in a way. Softball field's, yeah, right down it's south It's a little bit further down. But, yeah. yeah, if you have a weekend and you are looking for something to do in the afternoon and looking to soak up the sun, it's a great time. We have gotten you, hopefully, up to date on the goings-on in UJ Sports, if you're not already. But let's talk about Chapel Bell Curve, and let's talk about what we've sort of been up to lately. Yeah. So, um, yeah, actually, I've most recently had a pretty big career change. I have begun full-time working on podcasts as an audio engineer and post-production specialist specifically with podcasts. So I've been taking on um, just changing what I do every day. And so with that in mind, um, I have to very carefully dedicate my time to both money-making podcasts, which are the ones that I pick up through clients, and then the ones that I do for fun, which is like Chapel Bell Curve and uh, a few other projects that I work on. But with that in mind, you'll definitely see as time goes on, 
most likely more chapel bell curve and more things going on with chapel bell curve as i'm allowed to uh spend more time doing stuff like this yeah and so you know i I think we have a couple of sort of projects that are on tap um i think we're gonna start producing more different kinds of episodes Mm -hmm. um i think you're gonna see some more narrative stuff one of the things that we've talked about is the fact that you know we just both know a lot of people around athens and i think i know a lot of people around I think I know a lot of people around Georgia football that are, you know, have good stories to tell. So I think you'll be seeing a lot of more interview style episodes from us. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about? Especially in this off season, you'll see a lot more <laughs> interview yeah, style yeah. episodes. Oh, we're going to turn the Patreon back on. So if you're a Patreon yeah. subscriber or you want to be a Patreon subscriber, the only two, the only amounts you can donate right now are one or $5. We're just trying to sort of break even here on the, the cost of hosting and running mm-hmm. this podcast. But um, if you're interested in that, go to Patreon and search Chapel Bell Curve or go to chapelbellcurve.com and just look for support us and Patreon is there. We also have a link to donate directly to the uh, our PayPal if you want to do that. But it's up to you. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. However, the spirit moves you. I think you're going to see a lot of new and interesting stuff. I think we have a a really good plan for our next big Patreon, uh, early Patreon episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll definitely be putting out more uh, to our Patreon subscribers. We'll definitely be putting out more gag reels and rant wheels and just Nathan saying fuck basically (laughs) um, going forward. But also, I think we have a couple of episodes that we're going to record that will go to Patreon first. We're going to do an evergreen episode where we just talk about every advanced statistic that we talk about from day in and day out. And we're going to give it to Patreon early and then we'll release it to all of you. Uh, like our yeah. stats glossary episode. We'll also be doing some, I think a lot of those narrative episodes will be early released on Patreon. And, mm-hmm. you know, there might be a couple that just stay on Patreon only. Patreon subscribers are still going to get exclusive stuff in terms of just extra content and stuff that hits the cutting room floor. And they're also going to have opportunities to ask questions or, um, yeah, you know, do just interact with us. So if you have a question for us and you want to hit us up on Twitter and or on Patreon, please, please, please do. Or if you have just any show ideas or anything you want to hear us talk about, we'd love to hear it from you. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing that we just want to, if there's anything you think that we should do or that we're not doing well enough or need to expand upon, let us know. And we want to to do that for you because the whole, this is fun for us to do, but it's also really fun to interact with all of you as well. Uh, otherwise, it's just me and Nathan talking to each other in a room. You know? Yeah, well, and I think, I think that, our, our big message is, you know, with Justin's change of career, we're going to have more time to put more effort into this. And I think we're going to expand Chapel Bell Curve into being a bigger thing. And, you know, we really want the people who listen to it and who have supported us since no one cared to be the ones that help us determine how the future of this podcast looks. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever opinions you have, do you want us to not talk about stuff other than football? Do you want us to talk about stuff other than football? Do you have subjects or segments you want us to talk about every week? let us know we'd be we'd love to hear from you and we'll do it so we'll talk about in the outro in a second how you can get in touch with us but there's a thousand different ways to do it and just drop us a line we're always very receptive to that yeah and if for any reason you have a podcast idea that you want to talk about separately from chapel bell curve i'm also here for that as i just said this is now my full-time that's his job. actual job is that he produces podcasts <laughs> i'm gonna so, produce podcasts yeah uh, let justin justin's very good at this come and let him um you know make you beautiful noise music yep justinbraypodcast.com yeah, justinbraypodcast.com. Go there. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful website for a beautiful man. This has been Chapel Bell Curve. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere you can subscribe to a podcast. You can get in touch with us on Facebook by searching Chapel Bell Curve by email at chapelbellcurve at gmail.com and on Twitter and Instagram at Chapel Bell Curve. We've been way more uh, active on Twitter and Instagram lately than Facebook because Facebook is horrible. But we'll still talk to you on Facebook. Don't worry. You can also look at our website at chapelbellcurve.com. It'll be a hub for all of our new content, blog posts, episodes, Twitter feeds, anything we find relevant throughout the week. I also have a personal uh, Twitter account that I get on a lot and yell about stuff, which is Nathan J. Lawrence at Nathan J. Lawrence. 
do you have you have a personal Twitter? Right? I have a Twitter too. It's just at uh, jbray ten eighteen. Actually, no, it's not at all. Now it's at Coca Cola Cats. <laughs> yeah. So Doofus over there has one that doesn't have anything to do with his name. It's just at Coca Cola Cats, which is easy to spell but stupid. Um, <laughs> my Twitter is at Nathan J Lawrence, capital N, capital J, capital L, L A W R E N C E, um, and we'll put uh, links to all this in the show notes. No, I like Coca Cola Cats. It's good. It's like sort of nonsensical. Um, in a good way well, it's my uh it's my twitch streaming name if you enjoyed today's episode please leave us a rating or a review um, maybe not for today's episode maybe just for like the totality of what we've done for you in your life because today's episode was definitely not an a plus effort on my you can part leave us a review and just say like yep that was an episode yep yeah that was a new i'm neutral about that episode for sure <laughs> anyway we'll catch you in the classic city for the next three months but until then go dogs, go dogs.